listening to Echoes from the Bell Tower, stories of wit and wisdom from Benedictine monks who live, work, and pray in southern Indiana. I'm Brother Joel Blaze. We have several monks who live away from St. Meinrad. They serve as teachers, chaplains, and in parishes. Some are students. When COVID-19 began to spread across the world at the beginning of the year, we were curious what it was like for our brothers who were living away from the monastery. Father Lorenzo has been studying liturgy and church architecture in Rome for two years, and that's where he was when the coronavirus began to spread. Italy was hit especially hard in March, and also in April, and actually had the highest death toll at one point. Father Lorenzo flew home to St. Minerit on June 1st for the summer, and was ordained a priest at the end of August. Brother Colby took some time back in June to interview him about his experience in Rome. So prior to the pandemic, though, that like, what was your average day like? Uh, over there in Rome, since I live in a monastic community also, I think the schedule is similar to, to what we have here. Um, specifics are a little different, uh, but, you know, we still go to church four or five times a day to pray. We still have meals together. Um, and, you know, as a deacon, I... It was about the same. It didn't really change. There are about there are four deacons um, there at San Anselmo, and I'm one of them. So every three weeks or so, three or four weeks, I, I get to serve as a deacon. Did they have mass in the morning? Like, when did you go to classes and stuff? Yeah. So uh, the first thing in the morning there at San Anselmo is actually mass and lauds together at 6.20. And then after that is breakfast, um... And then classes start at 8.30. And so I'm going to show my ignorance here. So when you took classes, did all the classes happen right there? Or did you like how, what's the distance from the actual school if they aren't right there? The arrangement is very similar to what we have here at St. Meinrad. Uh, so you have sort of like the community right here. And then you have the school, the Ateneo. Um, but in some ways, the two are more interlinked there. Um, actually, to be honest, like, some of my classrooms are literally feet away from from my cell yeah. over there. So when did it, Italy start getting hit with COVID? I don't actually remember. I remember like the news, was it January or? Yeah. So as early as late January, there was already a couple of cases there in Rome. And yes, in Rome. Um, but it got really bad near the end of February, early March. On March 5th, um, the government actually suspended classes on all levels, uh, schools. Um, and then starting March 10th, the whole country was under lockdown. So how did COVID like affect your time at San Anselmo? Like what, what were some big changes that you started witness, like witnessing? So, yeah, so I came to San Anselmo to study, first of all. And I think the biggest change that I felt personally was Starting March 5th, basically, physical classes were suspended. And so since then, we've been having online classes. Um, Even the exams um, are online now. Um, Second one is just even inside the community, we've had to do a lot of precautions. Um, Like, for example, in church, um, at one point, like we were seated at least three seats apart from each other. We had to occupy even the guest section. 
Uh, same in the in the dining room in the refectory. We were seated farther apart during meals, um, and we were asked not to leave our campus, um, not even to go to the store. So leaving campus here is like there's really nowhere to go. But like obviously, San Salvador is in the middle of Rome. So did um, do you go out prior to COVID? Would you leave the monastery a lot more, or what? Like how was that like? Yeah, so San Anselmo is right there in the city. It's up on a hill, but once you get down to the hill, there are a lot of shops, restaurants, and stuff. Uh, I usually try to go out two or three times just for a walk. Um, And that was something that was a little difficult when this pandemic started because we we don't have a gym there at San Anselmo, and so my main exercise was was walking outside going to some of the gardens or churches close by and once we were under lockdown we couldn't do that anymore in fact actually like in order to be out and about in public you had to bring a certificate with you certifying that you either are going to work to buy supplies or to the hospital. Those were the only three accepted um, excuses to be out. And there were there was police and, and soldiers out and about. Like, could you see a lot of stuff from your window, like the city, like streets and stuff like that? Yeah, so actually I have a very nice view from my cell over there at San Anselmo. And one thing that's very interesting over there is, especially earlier on at certain times of the day, like at noon or at six o'clock in the evening, people would just play music from their balconies, from their windows, and they would play songs, and then they would applaud, they would clap and applaud um, healthcare workers and, you know, people who are trying to keep us safe. And people would actually have, like, flags and banners saying, tutto andrà bene, everything will be fine. How did you make the decision to come home? Like, Like, what did that look like? That was a really tough decision because earlier on there was a lot of uncertainty, especially earlier in March. We weren't know how we didn't know how big this was going to be, and there was a lot of opportunity. Till about mid March, there was a lot of opportunities to fly back home, but I was a little worried. Also, um, I have some health problems, and so I would be at a higher risk of when I of catching it. And then sort of that window of opportunity closed, I would say, near the end of March. Um, After that, there wasn't a lot of flights anymore, and plane plane tickets were just very expensive. And basically for most of April and early March, I was just thinking, gosh, I really, really just want to be back to St. Meinrad. Um, And finally, early May, I contacted Father Abbott and, you know, explained my situation you know, we were fairly safe there at San Anselmo, and I'm very blessed. I mean, we have a great community, lots of of good brothers there. Um, but it's just different being back home. Um, actually, even even when 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 Father Abbott said yes, and you know, I already got my ticket going home. A lot of my friends over there actually said, "No, it's it's not safe to travel. It, you know, you might catch it while traveling. You're you're better off just staying there." Um, and, you know, the answer that kept coming back to my mind that I 
would tell them is, I made my vows as a monk of St. Meinrad. I need to be there at this moment. You know, I, I didn't make my vows as, to be there at San Anselmo. I, I wanted to be home. And so Father Abbott and you came up with a plan to get you home and what mm-hmm. it, like what coming home would look like for the first, well, couple weeks. Um, can you explain that a little bit to us? So for the most part, Father Abbott Kurt gave me that judgment call about when to come home. And the first available flight that I could find was actually on June 1st. And it, it worked out very well because it was going to be during... Um, my final exams time, and I knew that I had to do a, a two-week quarantine, and so um, I timed it so that during that quarantine I could finish papers and, and do exams from here since everything's everything's online. Interesting. Was it scary flying back home? Yeah, the, the flight back home was just very, very surreal. I remember arriving at the airport there in Rome, and it was empty. Uh, there wasn't a lot of passengers, um, actually not a lot of airport officials also. Um, I had to have an extra layover um, for my flight, which added some travel time. But yeah, like the fl- my fl- the flights that I, I was on were, weren't full. Every other seat was blocked off and also every other row. Um, I would say food and services at the but during flights were almost bare minimum. They really wanted to lessen the interactions between the passengers and the flight attendants. I just have to say this. I was so relieved when I finally arrived safely in Louisville and then when I saw Brother Benjamin pulling up the car there and I was just, I'm back home. One question I have is also like, how... Does it compare? I mean, the two weeks, it seems like you actually planned it ingeniously and the fact that you got to work on your homework and stuff like that. So you weren't probably pulling your hair out in your cell, like getting bored. Um, But in you just ended up getting out of quarantine. uh, Let's see. Today's yesterday. Yeah. So today's Wednesday and you were officially back in community on Tuesday. And the first time I saw you, it was kind of strange. I was like, I was like, wait, who is that? I was like, oh, Lorenzo. (laughs) Like, uh, but um do you notice any like differences how we handle this kind of like pandemic crisis versus how you what you witnessed in Rome? Yeah, I think both communities here and at San Anselmo, I think both communities really tried to respond uh, based on the situation of the place. Over here, we're more in a rural setting, and in some ways, you don't need as much precautions. Um, over there, in some ways, we probably overreacted, but it was, I think, really necessary um, because we were right there in the city and more people could come in and out. Yeah. Well, and I think it would be scary, like, um, because, I mean, Rome is a city. Like, there's, like, so many people around and your chances are just so high. And knowing what the hospital is, like, they were overwhelmed and, yeah. Um. So now let's speak a little bit about home. Yes, so since we kind of got our, out of St. Maynard. So did you ever watch any of our liturgies online? when we Yes, were- I actually, I did and I didn't. Um, yes, I watched some you know, Vespers and Mass, but it really made me homesick. And after a while, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to watch that anymore. Because I just, you know, it was at that time that I was like, oh, I would really want, 
want to be home, but I couldn't find any any flights, any plane rides going home. So, and also just um, this is a beautiful opportunity for us to really rethink about our outreach online. Um, I love our live stream of liturgies, and Brother Simon is leading Lectio Divina on Twitter. And then, of course, this echoes, um, and we're sharing our rosary with others. And so in some ways, there's an even greater audience that we're reaching out to because of this. So that's one great blessing. Having said that, live streams are great, and I'm glad that we're sharing our prayer with others who otherwise couldn't be here. But it's like the difference of like video chatting with a friend and actually seeing someone in person. Um, the liturgy is our most intimate encounter with God. And, well, virtual isn't enough in the end. You know, I hope our live stream here can serve as a spiritual snack until we can join together in the banquet. Thank you for listening to this interview with Father Lorenzo. This is our last episode of this podcast season and we are beginning to plan episodes for our next season. If there are any topics you would like us to explore, please email us at news at This episode was edited and produced by Crystal Hall with the help of Brother Joel Blaze, Brother Colby Wanikowski, Mary Jean Shoemaker, Jim Paquette, Tammy Sheeter, and Christian Mosek. The intro and outro music for this podcast was written and produced by Brother Joel, Thank you to Father Lorenzo for taking time to talk to us for this episode. If you are enjoying Echoes from the Bell Tower, tell your friends and subscribe to it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite listening platform. You can always listen to past episodes on our website at stminerid.edu slash echoes. Thanks for listening this season. Pen alosa. Pena. Pena losa. 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 Pena losa.